0: Conversion. Meyer looking to throw, fires deep down the left side for Blythe, and he has the catch. Tiptoeing the sidelines. 20, 10, 5, touchdown. Todd Blythe, his fourth of the day. Unbelievable.
1: All right, welcome in episode 12 of the Meyer to Blythe podcast. I'm your host, Brett Meyer, joined as always. Co host number one, Todd Blythe. Todd, what's going on?
0: Doing well, quarterback. How are you?
1: Name's Brett, but um, it's fine. You can call me whatever you want. Um, what's going on down there? I see you guys, uh, you guys finally, uh, you're going to start wearing a mask now. I'm kidding. You don't have to get into that.
0: <laughs> well, I, unlike some people, I've been wearing a mask for a long time now, but yes, uh, it's finally uh, took you know, a quarter of a million people have passed away from COVID. Um, and our, our governor has finally decided to uh, put Stop in place a, okay, mask, okay. a mask mandate.
1: I know, I know. We've just, we've just angered a few of our, our listeners. I know we're not going to get into it like that, but um, okay, yeah, so man, I'm, it seems I'm not like Let's uh, talk
0: politics. Sorry. No,
1: it's topical, man. COVID is a uh, reader's ugly head again. So we'll see. Uh, hopefully, everyone out there is, uh, is staying safe and healthy and has their uh, responsible family plans ahead for Thanksgiving. I know we're trying to alter and adjust ours a little bit and just have, uh, um, just, you know, Karina's sister, my wife, Karina, her sister and her husband and their little one Miles will come over and hang out and I'll do a turkey and we'll hang out and keep it low key and a lot smaller than it usually is. But uh, hopefully, uh, yeah, everyone out there is just safe and healthy and mentally in a good place and physically in a good place. And, uh, we're all smart and we can kind of sacrifice this year for Thanksgiving. What do you think, Todd? Yeah
0: yeah for sure i mean we're we're doing similar things we're kind of trying to figure out what we're going to do with my my side of the family and and my wife britt's as well um and yeah just just trying to be smart about it um but i mean it it is it's getting bad down here uh my wife works in healthcare uh she's a nurse practitioner obviously brett you and i both kind of you know work in healthcare we're not providers or anything like that but we work in uh, medical device sales Um, so we kind of get an inside peek a little bit as far as the hospital systems Um, there are literally no ICU beds available down here. I mean, there's like a 30 person wait, um, to get a bed, you know, the, right now the ERs have been turned into ICUs. Um, so it's bad, you know, if there's a a car accident or something like that, you know, God forbid, (laughs) you you just don't know what kind of care you're going to be able to get or or have room for So it is bad. I hope everybody's being smart out there and and taking the precautions that they need to, um, you know, until... Until this vaccination can can come about, or you know, I I don't know what what needs to happen, but I don't see it going anywhere for the next few months. So I hope you know people can just accept accept the fact that this is going to be kind of the new normal for a while, and uh, we can just do the best we can.
1: It's yeah, gonna, it's interesting. That's what uh, season. Yeah, the vaccines are because the first one that came out, and that's great news. Like the success rate over ninety percent from you know I think all three of them now, but. Mm-hmm. Um, it's because it's, I was meeting with a physician yesterday actually in Cedar Rapid I was back in the great state of Iowa. I flew into um, the Eastern Iowa airport and they got these ugly, stupid, like you know, like the, the big Psy. I think they started in Ames, they have like the mascot, um, like statues around, mm-hmm. and of course, they got these they are so ugly, the stupid Herky ones in the airport <laughs> and stuff. I'm like, but um, I was meeting, yeah, I just tried to get in and out as fast as I could um but uh first off like the storm in cedar rapids like i was I hadn't been there obviously like and it's kind of come and gone and you know all the news and everything we've had since then you it's easily forgotten about but like blown away at the amount of like we drove by we were just kind of driving through cuz we had some time before our meeting and like there was just this big empty lot with just like like trees like just dead trees. And I, I was like, I was just blown away at how much damage
0: it, it, it was. wild, man. I mean, yeah. it was, I've never seen or been through anything like that. And Cedar Rapids got hit hard. I've yeah. I know they like got, the got hit super work. hard. And,
1: yeah. And it's, it's, it's been brutal. Yeah. Cause I mean, the world kind of moves on, but like, yeah, there's still a lot of cleanup that needs to be done. And cause you know, I've not, I'm, we're trying to minimize travel, but you know, my territory I covered like four and a half States. So, you know, the guys on our team, you know, that work with me, we, you know, we got to travel to some places and we're in hotels and the hotels have been empty, but I was in Cedar Rapids. That was the first parking lot was full. Hotel was booked. And I'm at the front desk. Like, you know, it's great. You guys are booked. But she's like, she's like, well, it is, but it is. It's all construction workers. Yeah. I was like, Oh yeah. Like, yeah.
0: I had had the exact same thing. I stayed in Cedar Rapids for an overnight for work and my, I had trouble finding a hotel. This was, you know, over a month ago, probably. Had trouble finding a hotel room. And figured out that that was the case. There's just a lot of people in, in town to help uh, clean up construction crews, and yeah, it's crazy all through the Midwest. I know I'm, I was in Omaha today for work. Um, was planning on doing it overnight and and having uh, you know several meetings today and then also tomorrow different hospitals, um, and you know calling around the meetings that we had set up. A lot of them got canceled because the hospitals have stopped doing uh, in-person meetings. So unless you're um, quote-unquote essential personnel for a case or a surgery, um, there's no reps in the building. So we did some phone calls and some virtual stuff uh, with the people we need to talk to, and then got out of town. So it made it for a short uh, day trip, which is always nice to get back home. But at the same time, it makes um, you know it makes work for work and life for a lot of different people a lot more difficult. So
1: yeah, it does. I just yeah, man, it's it's tough, but yeah, try to focus on whatever yeah, positives actually, you can find. Yeah, what's we, up? We
0: got a nightmare call. Uh, we got a nightmare call earlier this week. Um, my son's daycare had a, a, a COVID outbreak. And so all of a sudden we thought our son would have to stay home for two weeks from daycare. You, you talk about it, as a parent who, you know, has to work from home or, or you know, um, doesn't have an office to go to. And then all of a sudden I'm, you know, potentially thinking I'm gonna be trying to get work done with a three and a half year old running around for two weeks. Uh, that, that was nightmare stuff, but um, turns out it, it wasn't his room that was exposed. So he can still go to daycare, um, thank the Lord. Cause I was just trying to think in my head, like, I, I'm, I would get nothing done with him with him at the house.
1: So that's interesting, the protocol. So they just, the whatever room, then those kids got to stay home?
0: Yeah, and actually they just changed it. And who knows if this is right or wrong. It's, you know, based on opinion at this point, more than fact probably. But now it's if your kid, if you can get your kid to wear a mask the whole time, um, they can be exempt from being uh, from having to quarantine. So, yeah, it's, it's wild. And, and yeah, they're trying to require ridiculous. masks for any kids that are two and over.
1: Good luck like, with that.
0: Yeah, luckily, Jace, our, you know, our son is three and a half. He he kind of thinks it's cool to wear a mask. Yeah, that's how Olivia superhero. is, or she wears but, it, yeah. But there's a lot of kids out there that are just not going so yeah. to be out of the so I'm praying for the daycare workers. But
1: Is that what Brittany did for you? Like, Todd, you're a superhero, and then you decided to wear it?
0: Yeah, and then I decided to wear a mask, yeah. Exactly, that's exactly right. She got me a Batman mask.
1: Oh, Batman, he's a bum anyway, but okay. Um, all right, so, yeah, COVID. Let's get away from COVID. Kansas State football this week. Oh, wait, COVID mm-hmm. right there. Staring us again right down the yeah, barrel. Yeah, so, right
0: back on top of the list. Um, Are we going to play this week?
1: You know what? I think um, I was educated on uh, Chris Williams' pod, which, you know, you're typically not educated when you're learning from somebody from Clarinda, him and Carper. Um <laughs> no, kidding. Now, um, Stansberry's a Clarinda kid, too, I guess. So, yeah. Chris and uh, Chris and Jared, but um, him and Bloom are talking about it. How different leagues have different kind of protocols about like what, how many players? Because I think the other leagues, the Big Ten and maybe the Pac-12, it's yet to have fifty-six scholarship players mm-hmm. available, or is you know whatever certain number. Whereas the Big or you know, the Big Twelve, it counts like walk-ons count towards those numbers. So essentially, you have more leeway before you have to cancel a game. And that's probably why the Big 12 has only had, I think, the one game between Baylor. Who was that? Baylor and... Baylor
0: uh, and Okie State. Uh, Okie State, played, yeah. That in that the yeah. December
1: twelve. Yeah, so we've had fewer games and um, maybe that plays into it. But I know Kansas State is right up against that threshold. And another inter- interesting point they talked about on their pod, which I, I just from my time living in Wisconsin, I've gotten to know some guys that played there and are... are Kind of tied in with that athletic department and the football program was that like Wisconsin actually met the threshold to play their first game and and i don 't know if they you know how they could choose not to, but they chose not to and like Minnesota was in a similar situation, their first game, went ahead and played and got you know beat up pretty good. I think they might have played in Michigan their first game, but so yeah inconsistencies' all over, but I get it, you know Wisconsin. They probably only have to play, like, you know, six games or whatever. You know, and they, they got a chance to be a playoff team this year.
0: I yeah, I it. saw the yeah. same thing for Wisconsin. That, that's kind of BS, in my opinion. Like, if you meet the, the requirements to play and you opt out of the game, like, to me, that's the definition of a forfeit. Um, I get we're in weird times and all that, but if the if the league has put down standards to say, hey, if you meet these standards, you play, if you, you know, if, if this happens, X amount of people are out, uh, then you don't play and you have enough people to play. It, yeah, it sucks. You're shorthanded, but you got to play the football game, um, in my humble opinion. Now, nobody cares what I think, for the most part. But, uh, I mean, it, that seems like more of a forfeit, but...
1: Yeah, I know we had We had a lot of contract tracing and COVID issues before our first game. I mean, you call it an excuse, call it whatever you want. But, like, if we're healthy and our team's practicing, and we got a full roster, we'd probably win that game. Um, yeah, but, you know, whatever. We went and played a good Sunbelt team and lost. and. I know there's, you know, Wisconsin decided not to play. When we we played, Minnesota played, and you know who knows? I mean, there's probably you know Wisconsin if they if they have to forfeit that game, it's not going to hurt their playoff chances. Yeah, they're still they're still going to be you know whatever the case is, they'll be in the mix as long as they don't lose. So, but yeah, interesting. And um, you know Kansas State, it's a it's a game that you know I can remember when we came to school, you know one of the goals was like. Remember that when our first year, when we it was 03, we were redshirting and Kansas State had just had that run where they had like Michael Bishop and Sproles was there, Sproles, and they, had they had all those guys and they just would beat us, like Terrence Newman. We just could not, for whatever reason, you know, compete with. And that was in Bill Snyder, obviously, had the program finally up and running and they were humming. They're really good, but you know, we, it just seemed like Kansas State was this. You know, we treated them like they were Oklahoma or Texas or one of these schools that were just in.
0: That's because you know, they we, play us like that.
1: Yeah, and I think we, you know, yeah, full disclosure, we, we, we benefited, you know, from the Ron Prince era, <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. and, and <laughs> him being there and, you know, Bill Snyder's kind of first retirement or whatever that was because obviously, you know, his. yeah, I mean, Ron Prince is, you know, he's a capable football coach, but he's no Bill Snyder. He's one of the best to ever do it. So, you know, we we had our success against Kansas State. And going what it, two and two against them, right? Yeah, because the first game we played them in '04. That was the game where we that was our sixth win. That was a fun game because we got yeah, behind we had early. A huge
0: fourth quarter comeback, big
1: time fourth quarter comeback. Todd Miller caught a touchdown on a slant pass. I remember you ran a snake, which is like our corner post. Our corner post, yeah, yeah. off of our smash concept
0: and um, vastly under the gut, Should have oh, walked. Like you're gonna. <laughs>
1: If you're going to run uh, away from a I
0: will never so, forget Todd Miller. Uh, for anybody who doesn't uh, know, you should. If you're a Cyclone fan, I remember Todd Miller. He was about how tall is he? Five, two? Five, three, maybe. <laughs> no, he's he's probably like five eight or so. But um, just a quick little slot receiver for us. I remember before the game, he said that he didn't like Manhattan. He said he was going to get. You want to go down there, catch touchdown pass, do his ta- do his dance, and then get the f out of Manhattan. And, uh, <laughs> and I remember in the huddle, um, Brad called the play. And I remember, I don't, it, this has been told back and forth different ways. And I don't remember which way it was true. One was that the slant was supposed to go to me. And he said, no, I got it. And then the, I've also, he's told me that, that he was supposed to have the slant. And he told me to take it. But either way, you threw him a ball and he went down and got it for a slant for a touchdown. Uh, and it, I mean, was probably the. The turning point in the game for us, Um, but I, he was a stud. I, Todd Miller was one of my favorite teammates I've ever had. Tough as nails, five foot seven maybe, um, but I mean, w- one of the funniest dudes I've ever been around.
1: Yeah, he's uh yeah, he's like yeah, he's awesome. He's great, but yeah, that was. Um, remember and all
0: those nicknames that Coach Grant gave him? Bat pads and what bat else? Bat pads, Gobstopper, uh, <laughs> hand, handball.
1: <laughs> yeah, the um, but that's a fun game. Like, if I think there's something maybe something on YouTube where if you can go back and just watch it because we had, I know we were down like, I think mean, we were down big. And then we had a bunch of turnovers on defense. I remember Lamarcus had a pick six. Yep. Cephas forced a fumble. And then we came back and scored on both those possessions.
0: And then Todd Miller had that catch on the sideline, right? Where he went up and got it. And, yeah. And came on yeah. our sideline kind of came down like on his neck. I mean, again, I got that's it, It's five, seven, maybe five, eight. I apologize, mm-hmm. uh, Mills, If you're actually five nine, but
1: it was probably uh, a perfect throw too. Which
0: it, it, listen, yeah, it was a perfect throw for me. But I mean, <laughs> he went up the got and got it, came down on his neck on the sideline, just okay. a big time first down for us. I mean, uh, yeah, there, there was a lot of players that, that stepped up, made big plays, and, and allowed us to come back. And what did we score? like 28 unanswered uh, in the third and fourth quarter, something like that. Um, to, and that was the game that got us bowl eligible. So that was that was huge. That you know that was really the start of our career. That was our redshirt freshman year. Um, yeah, that was a fun one. But K-State's one of those weird teams that they just play. It's tough. It doesn't matter what our record is, what their record is. It's it's going to be a dogfight. There's always going to be a few uh, questionable calls. Um, so sometimes it feels like there's three teams playing and we got to beat two of them. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it, you know, I, I just – I never feel comfortable going into a week with K-State. I don't care how many players they have out with COVID.
1: Yeah, we outscored them 28-6 in the fourth quarter.
0: Is that any good? Yeah.
1: Yeah, Stevie had a big day. But, yeah, that was uh... – that was a fun day for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Kansas State this year. I mean, I think we're favored by the lines up to ten. So that means you know Vegas usually knows something. It looks like which is up to wild.
0: 11. Ten points in this game is wild. That, yeah, that's I mean, Vegas is factoring in all the COVID stuff. And-
1: yeah, that's the thing. I, you know, I think Vegas again knows something, and you know, their coach coming out and saying we're like on the brink of it, and they've had injuries. And I think their backup quarterbacks playing. I'm just looking at some of the numbers and. You know, they're usually a team that's going to be up in the top half of the league rushing the ball. They're yeah. – it's like they're running it um, – you know, they're num- – they're – they're yeah, they're, they're running back. Speaking
0: of short kids, they're uh, – the guy who's leading them in rushing and receiving, it's Deuce Vaughn, uh, number mm-hmm. 22. He's listed at 5'5", five, five, 168. Um, just a little uh, Darren Sproles – I don't know, I'm not going to say – uh, oh, Darren Sproles – Darren Sproles' wannabe. Darren Sproles' diet edition, listen. but – Sproles, you remember what he did to Greedy? I'm sorry. I'm not even going to put that on Greedy. Listen. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. When you talk about, like, if somebody
1: comes up and asks, like, this question does come up from time to time, like, who's the best player you've ever played against, yada, yada, yada. It's like, the best players I saw, obviously, Adrian Peterson was number one. (laughs) Like, far and away, it's not even close. And then Darren Sproles is number two. Yes. like the best players that we saw
0: his ability to make somebody miss in the hole and i'm talking a hole that's the width of your shoulder pads and for for uh big 12 you know all big 12 safety to come downhill and not make that tackle uh i mean he was he was so electric he was he's one of those guys where as a, as a the opposing team you know you normally sit on the bench and you're talking about what you're going to do next series and all that I mean, half the time you want to go stand up and, and watch on the sideline to, just to see what he's going to do against the defense. I mean, he was he was so so good. That's why I played in the as as a five six running back. That's why I played in the NFL for, you know, whatever it was, 13, 14 years.
1: Yeah, he was he was uh, he was unbelievable. He was so good. But yeah, but, Adrian Adrian Peterson was.
0: Um, well, Adrian Peterson was a boy. Yeah, he, I, mean, I remember
1: one of our it kind of <laughs> when we played down there. Of course, that was the first game that his dad had ever seen him play because his dad had uh, was in jail for a while. So, like, of course, extra motivation, awesome. It was also the last game he played because he dove in the end zone for like his eleventh touchdown of the game and broke his collarbone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He had
0: like um... he had 900 yards at 11 oh, touchdowns. My like, I
1: remember in warmups walking out and like, dude, he's like, he's basically like my height and just skull- one of our like, we had a uh, one of the walk-on quarterbacks of traveling that week, and he was like dude, that's Adrian Peterson. I'm like, man, if you don't get, you know, because he was back like <laughs> catching punts. I'm like, look, man, if you're going to suit up and play, like then suit up and play. If you want to be yeah. a fan, like get to the, like in, go back your, to the locker room. In your
0: head, you thought the exact same thing, but you just can't, you can't say that out loud. <laughs> I No, I've told this to other people, like I'm 6'5. Adrian Peterson is listed at, I don't know, one maybe. I swear to God, I looked at him in warm so I was like, that dude is my height. Like he, he looked like, I mean, he looked like RoboCop. I mean, yeah, he was arms coming out of his shoulder pad that we didn't have anybody that looked like him. No. And he's one of those guys that his most impressive thing about him, obviously, sizes and speed and all that, he'd get hemmed up on a sideline where every other running back is either stepping out of bounds, maybe gonna stiff arm one guy and get out of bounds. You could see Adrian Pearson, like, pick out one of the three guys that has him cornered and just say, okay, I'm going to go after this guy. And he would just put his head down and try and truck through somebody. He was the most aggressive, like angry runner too.
1: I to remember one day, off. yeah, when Chiz was here, he just came in one day. and was like, Hey, you guys need to watch this. It was just like the quarterbacks. And he put on like a cut up of Adrian Peterson, like when he was one-on-one with DBs and like, he would literally go head hunting. It was like the most impressive. I'm like, yeah, I, if I, I've never played defensive back, like that would be the worst job in the world. If you got Adrian Peterson coming a full head of oh. steam at you. I mean, you it was, yeah. yeah.
0: Just the, just the pure fear.
1: (laughs) And I'm a physical, I was a physical football player.
0: Listen, absolutely. (laughs) As the quarterback of our football team, yeah, yeah, just a physical, physical football player. Mm
1: -hmm. So, I mean, back to, back to K-Statting, I mean, this is a game where, you know, I mean, we don't know, you know, I'm assuming we're healthy. We haven't had any, anybody's going to miss time. If we're at full strength. Yeah, I think this is a game where you know we kind of got some of the some of the cobwebs and some of the hopefully the bad football out against Baylor, and that was a wake-up call. Um, we were lucky to come back in that game. I think we kind of figured it out towards the end of the first half and into the second half. Um, but yeah, I mean we, we're not, we don't need to obviously dig ourselves in that kind of a hole and cause, I mean, you look back at some of the years that kind of that we had. And, like, we had opportunities in '04 and 05 to be in a mm-hmm. situation where you control your own destiny um, to go to a Big 12 championship game and kind of do something programs never done. Yeah, change do the direction special. of your program. Yeah, I mean, do something special. And we obviously, you know, didn't finish, which, you know, I don't really think I, – I don't necessarily think about my career, our career a whole lot now. But, like, those two games, I still think about more than anything else mm-hmm. for That's what whatever reason before
0: we yeah before we started recording like it's not like I remember specific things from those games so much as I just I remember just the feeling like walking off the field and just the feel, like kind of the empty feeling of of letting such a big opportunity kind of slip through your fingers I mean like you said it was, it was something that our program had never done and you know still has never done as far as going to a big 12 title game um and, and having a chance and, and controlling our own destiny was something that, God, you look back on our career, and, and yeah, it's not the individual stuff that you, that you think about, especially with all of our records getting just blasted off the wall, I would say. It. But uh, it, it's, it's that kind of stuff, like, man, how cool would it have been, at that time, you know, you go down to K- uh, Kansas City to play the Big 12 title game, how cool would it have been to go down there? And, and even if we get waxed by Oklahoma, um, just to say we completed and played the Big 12 title game would have been so special. Um, and we just let it let it slip away. And, and here we are again uh, as a program with uh, controlling our own destiny and it's up to us what, uh, you know, if, if we get back to that position. So, uh, you know, I, I think the program's in a different spot, obviously, um, than when we were there. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what we do the the rest of the way here.
1: Yeah, I don't think we necessarily have, like, I don't know if this will make sense, but, like, there's a lot of guys in our on, in our program now, don't necessarily have the, the scar tissue that you know maybe some of the, the guys in, that we had in terms of because I mean they've you know Coach Campbell's been here for what three, four years I don't even know how many years. What a been great here now, but, point! I haven't.
0: But, thought but, I mean, about
1: that. yeah, we've won a lot more, and you know he, his mentality coming from Mountain Union and like you know you hate to say it, it's something that's why it's you know struggling program. It's hard to get over the hump because. You just, you have to build that mindset and build that culture. And, you know, these guys don't care about that. They're like, you've never played in the Big 12 championship. They may not even know that, like whatever we win games. We've been close and we're in first place. We control our destiny. So hopefully, you know, that mindset persists and and these guys can get it done.
0: That's a great, great point. You have a lot of really bad takes. This is a good one. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I, I haven't even thought about that. You know, we even the, you know, we had two really good years, our freshman, sophomore years, went to bowl games, had a lot of success, won some bowl games. But even then, you know, the year we redshirt, redshirted, oh, three, well, we were two and ten. So even that is in the back of our, you know, the back of our minds of, of what can happen at Iowa State. The coaching staff, obviously, Mac took over and uh, just a terrible program and built it up to, to what we were able to, to experience with the bowl games. Um, but you always have that in the back of your head of where, where you came from from Iowa State. We, you know, with with Campbell and with this staff and with the majority of these players, they've really known nothing but success. They don't have that scar tissue. God, that's a great take. I wish I had had thought of that one myself. I don't, know if that yeah, I, I don't take, give you a lot. Of, I don't give you a lot of credit all the time because um, you most of the time don't deserve it. But that was a really good take. I like that. Do you
1: remember in this is like the only road trip I remember, like in terms of like getting there. You're one of the ones that are more vivid. Was so it was. In 05, it, like, we played Kansas on a Saturday. So that means we traveled on a Friday. So we took a bus. We flew to most games. We took a bus to this game for whatever reason. And then Nebraska played Colorado. And if Colorado won the game, they won the Big Trail championship. If Nebraska won, we then controlled our own destiny right so Mm -hmm. and they played on this is back when for those of you listening like nebraska and colorado used to be in the big 12 and that's a big (laughs) rivalry dating back you know years and they always played the friday after thanksgiving so it's friday we're on the bus and we're bussing down it's kind of like hey don't worry about it you know regardless of what happens in that game we control our own destiny but like that is literally impossible to do to oh, say, yeah. like the, like you you're gonna pay attention to that game,
0: and we're like, old, so this is before you could like dial stuff you, up and I was get that at the touch of your fingertips, like Twitter. Twitter wasn't around. Even pulling up like websites on your phone wasn't the same as it is, as it is today. I mean, this is 15 years ago. God, where I old. had
1: I had a maroon Palm Pilot. Remember the Palm Pilots we had? Uh, that were, like
0: maybe the best phone I've ever best had. Phone no, of all time. My, I had maroon. You had blue.
1: Oh yeah, whatever. I, remember the, I had the blue. The, one. Uh,
0: the Palm Trio, <laughs> best, probably the best phone I ever owned. So anyway, like you're on
1: the, you're on, like you finally like get internet and it was probably like, like 2G at the time or whatever it was. I had my little, little style it out, trying to just roll down. <laughs> yeah. Like you're trying to like refresh the game because Nebraska, you know, was having a down year, but they were like, so Nebraska anyway ends up winning the game late. So now everything changes like your entire, your entire mindset changes which it shouldn't, but it's just impossible not to. So I can remember especially, like –
0: Especially when you're, you know, 20 years old.
1: Yeah, and like we get to the hotel and Matt, we're staying – I think you're staying in Kansas City or wherever. And Matt comes in and, of course, he's fired up. Like he always was the night before the game, but he's fired up. And I can remember <laughs> yeah. Coach Fitch coming around. And he's like, all right, a lot's changed. I understand that. But he's like, you know, trying to keep everybody calm. We came out and played great. Like we started – we were up 14-3, to 3. I remember. That was probably the most excited I saw Coach Fitch because we had executed like a double post and I threw a touchdown to you and it was like perfect, you know, protection, everything lined up and you, find, you actually caught it, you didn't drop it. Whoa! Um, I know, I'm just kidding. So um, yeah, anyway, <laughs> up 14 to three, but then we just like, I just went back and looked at the box score because I wanted to torture myself. And like, I think I was a leading rusher with like 30 yards. Mm. I'm just thinking like, it's a game where like you get up early, you want to be able to kind of control the tempo and we couldn't run the ball. And then we let them back in the game. And they—I mean—they were good. They were two years away from winning, you know, a BCS. They had a lot of guys. They had Tlaib and. Right. Who was the corner that played forever? Chris Harris what was it?
0: No, and it was Chris Harris. Um. They had It was number three one. before Talib wore number three. God, I'm going to forget his name. That's going to bother me. I might. But anyway, it they up. had a good come team, to, and they come yeah. back to it. I'm going to look it up.
1: But yeah, I mean, they had a good team, and they just, yeah, they took advantage of it, and that was their sixth one of the year, so they were bowl eligible. And But, yeah, I mean, I just – I'm looking for us this year to just finish the deal, take care of what you can take control. And it's almost like you don't even – you got the name?
0: Not yet. But the, uh, the difference in that is, like you said, you are our leading rusher. And, you know, nothing against you being our leading rusher. But uh, think about the difference now. I mean, we have a Heisman Trophy candidate, Leading rusher in the nation, best running back in the nation. Uh, you know, w- when all hell breaks loose, you can't get stuff done. You turn around, you hand the ball to twenty-eight. You know, we we just didn't have that at the time, and not not because Stevie wasn't a good running back, Stevie Hicks. Um, just the the whole team that it's it was a different makeup.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, have, having um having that elite rushing attack and having you know twenty-eight back there is just Charles a huge Gordon.
0: advantage. Okay, Charles yeah, Gordon, yeah. he was the, that was the corner, number three. He played. Remember, he played receiver and corner for him. He played both ways. Yeah,
1: I do. Yeah, but, yeah I mean, he got, they, he they got they,
0: torched in that game.
1: But who? JD? No. Flynn <laughs> had five for <laughs> one twenty in that game.
0: Flinded. did? Let's see. What that he was he the there. game. Do you remember? I had a you uh, threw me a ball on a go ball on Talib, and uh, a jump ball on the sideline that I came down with, and they called a touchdown. And then they, uh, then the other ref came in and waved it off and we didn't have review. So initially they called it a touchdown and then the other ref came in and waved it off and said I didn't get a foot down in bounds. Wasn't a great ball. You know, I tried to pull it down on the, on the. We corner. had
1: 36 rushing attempts, average 1.6 yards for rush.
0: Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's. You should be able to fall, fall forward enough times to be able to average two yards a, a pop.
1: Yeah. When at five for 120, you had five for 86. J.D. had three for 20. Walter Nickel, two catches for 19 yards. I remember, because we ran, we ran a under, and we ran like a
0: a under. Gosh. I know
1: this means nothing to our audience, but that was like a, it's like an old West Coast type play where you have a triangle read and the, the tight end runs like a 15-yard dig. Normally, And we called it a under corner because we ran that play so much and he oh, ran a nice. corner instead of a dig, and we got a big
0: first down off of it. You know what's hilarious is you bad. say that stuff now, and at the time, I knew what I ran, and I didn't know what the hell was going on the rest of the the rest of the play for anybody else. And now after, you know, being around football and coaching and things like that, um, it would have really helped out the, probably the entire team had us as receivers, or specifically, I'm talking about myself, um, understood the offense more so than just like, hey, here's the play. I know I have a post. Uh <laughs> But you know, yeah, that's, I think
1: it helps. to, Well, it just helps to know, like if you understand why I'm running this route. And yeah, what I need to. Do like, I need to get like, outside or ball, the, But I'm trying yeah, to, like you to get you the corners turned take
0: the safety out, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Eighty receivers, but um.
1: <laughs> Weird yeah, dogs. man. Let's let's talk about something else because I'm going to yeah, break seriously. something.
0: Um, you want know, to talk about the Masters? I'm certainly there's some there's some golf fans uh, that listen to this. Uh, no what do you think about? About DJ Dustin Johnson, one of the masters?
1: I mean, he's the best player in the world right now. He just kind of like, I think when he's on his game, there's nobody that can beat him. Like his see, best I, is better than anyone else.
0: I, I say that, but then at the same time, you see flashes. of If you can get 18 holes or, you know, 72 for a full tournament, if Rory's on his game, like the top of his game, and doesn't have his blow up holes or his lapses, like he seems to do over the course of a tournament, Who's better at on their A game, Rory or Dustin? I think it's those two. Yeah, I think it's Dustin, though,
1: Rory. I don't know.
0: He, can't, he hasn't right proven now, that he can it do is. it for 72 holes. Yeah, I know
1: you're probably mad because Bryson. I'm not golfer. a Bryson guy. No, he's I'm not a Bryson guy. A what
0: an absolute tool shed.
1: I know, but he, he's, I mean, he did win the U.S. Open,
0: so we'll give him that. He's a very, very good golfer, yes. I know. Dustin, the, the Masters thing seems like it's more like validation. Like everybody's everybody's known for 10 or 15 years how talented and how good he was. He's won 24, 25 PGA tournaments. Only had one uh, one major coming into this week. Seems like validation. It's like, yeah, everyone knew how good he was and like now he's a you know, multiple major winner. Um, I think he's got, you know, he's 36 so he's got plenty of time to win a few more.
1: Yeah. he's an underachiever for sure, though. Like, he should have won a lot Which more. is
0: wild to say about somebody who's won 24, 25 tournaments and has made $70 million on the course.
1: Well, it's relative to your talent. I mean, some people exactly. didn't say and that about Tiger. His talent through the roof. Yeah,
0: like Tiger didn't mm-hmm. – he should have won more, too. But. Exactly. They say – Brando Chamblee always says Tiger is uh, the biggest underachiever in golf history, which, again, Randomly. wild to say. But he went through, like, an eight- or ten-year stretch where he didn't do anything because of injuries and other uh, off the –
1: Did you see the documentary that's coming out about him on HBO? No. So just look up the trailer. I mean, it's – I've read all the books on Tiger and everything. It'll just be interesting. I mean, I'm sure he probably gave them some footage that they didn't have or something, so
0: maybe there's stuff in there that you'll learn. Like his his, his personality and mentality, the things that made him great, are also some of the things that probably hindered him and hurt him in his career. I mean, he – he literally trained and thought that he was a Navy seal and just just beat beat up up his body. body. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, his knees and back and shoulders and everything, you know, he'd go out run four miles, you know, then go hit balls for four hours, you know, played 18 holes, hit balls again, go run and then go play basketball in the evening or, you know, basketball or tennis. The guy literally just chewed up his body through his twenties and thirties. Um, and probably, you know, as good as his career is, 82 wins and what, 14 majors or whatever? 15 majors now? What was the last one? Anyway, uh, so he, he probably cost himself. But that and yeah. the Denny's waitresses. Look at Tyrese
1: Halliburton drafted for the – he dropped at 12.
0: That's surprising. I, I don't follow the NBA much uh, at all. But uh, just from everything I read and everything I heard, it looked like he was going to go, you know, potentially top five and do something crazy. But uh, that's kind of cool. He'll be teamed up with, uh, not an Iowa State guy, but he's name's guy with uh, Harrison Barnes.
1: Yeah, I've actually become more of an NBA fan. It's funny because, like, Bill Simmons and, like, what is it, Ryan Rosillo. Mm-hmm. I just listen to the Bill Simmons pod sometimes like, and, like yeah they do like they're just really good about their nba stuff they're really plugged in and like just from watching that and, like the free agency and the off season and all that and they're just really their conversations around it are just really thorough and really good and well thought out and they're usually kind of spot on but they actually made me like more more of an nba fan like i don't sit down and watch like games every, you know but mm-hmm. it's nice being up here in the cities like you can just go down and watch a wolves game if they're playing they're kind of still the team like you just kind of look at the visiting team to see who's coming. Like, oh, okay, LeBron's in town. Like, I'll try to get a some ticket. Stars in town. Yeah, yeah. Like when you know, okay, when the Warriors were humming, like we we went to a couple of those games. But um, yeah, man, that's good. Uh, it's crazy. He was like, he wasn't even like a, a yeah. He wasn't even like a, a he big was kind time. kind of a, like
0: it. Also, you know, also added on to that recruiting class. Yeah, thinking uh, about that. You know, Two years they, later, you the recruiting did that. class, and he was the guy that was kind of like, oh yeah, we also got Tyrese Halliburton and then mm-hmm. here he is two years later. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that's awesome. Anytime, you know, Iowa State's had a lot of success, you know, obviously on the court for basketball, but then in the draft and, and NBA-wise, um, I saw Nader just got traded with uh, Chris Paul to the Suns. Um, yeah, we've got a ton I don't know I don't what that means for his future, but I think, you know, he, he's proven himself to be a, a worthy NBA player and a, and a contributor at that level.
1: Yeah, I don't think he's got to worry about – you never know, but he seems to be like a, a guy that's firmly entrenched and has a roster spot for a while. He's a good player. but
0: We've uh, – and I, and I don't know these guys personally. Um, you know, Monte I've never met. Naz I've never met. Uh, Niang I've met and hung out with, you know, a, a little bit at some football games, stuff like that. But are there better – are there any better ambassadors to Iowa State than, you know, that, that group of guys? And Halliburton can be thrown in that mix as well. I mean, I, I love going on Twitter and seeing like George Miang just want to fight every, you know, Iowa fan that wants to talk talk crap in his, uh, on his timeline. I mean, to, for an NBA guy who's got more stuff to worry about, to just drop whatever he's doing or just get into an argument with an Iowa fan, I respect the hell out of that.
1: Yeah, they're they're uh, yeah, they're, they're obviously they're they're you
0: hear ride ride or yeah. die cyclones.
1: Halliburton, you've oil like, sons forever true. Yeah, he's like what an awesome guy and you hear nothing but good things and obviously niang and naz and those guys they've they've they put it on display for years man we're lucky to have them and they
0: they ride hard for the cyclone so you gotta Mm -hmm. love
1: that absolutely yeah man that's good so my my lakers are on the clock now it looks like
0: um your lakers oh my goodness we have to get started this again
1: I'm just saying, no. I'm, I'm, I'm. There's not an NBA team in Atlantic Iowa. So, what I had to grow up with was I, I was a fan of players, right? So I was a fan of MJ, and then became a fan of Tracy McGrady was my favorite player for a while because we had similar games, and then <laughs> <laughs>
0: tried to sneak that in under the radar. There.
1: What do you mean? Which
0: part? I played. I played against you growing up. I don't know if you guys. Had similar games.
1: <laughs> no, we're both right-handed wing guys. Um, and then, uh, you know, obviously became a fan of LeBron, who's well I his way to become the greatest of all time. He's going to win three more rings and we'll call it a wrap. So
0: anyway. LeBron. Nothing. The greatest of all time.
1: No, we're, we're not we going to.
0: to get into the LeBron MJ debate.
1: No, we're not going to do that again. That's been worn out. But um, no, I'm an NBA fan, man. You got to jump on board.
0: I need to actually, you know what? I want to jump on board. And I've said this. On, I this know, is going to be good. Let's hear this. I, well, you're not going to like this. I need to talk to Chris Williams about this, but I want to be a NASCAR fan. I just don't know how to get started. Somebody needs to give me like a person, like a, a driver, whatever. Bubba Wallace, go for the brother. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm in. Bubba isn't he? He's Jordan. Like Jordan started. Oh, yeah. Right? No, MJ's in. Yeah, there you go. Okay, Bubba, Bubba Wallace, Wallace is my guy. I'm all in thing. on Bubba Wallace then. He's, he's an MJ guy. Uh, I mean – I just, I need a driver that I can just be like, yep, that's my guy. And just dive into. Cause once I like, like something like a or anything like that, I mean, I'll nerd out and I'll, you know, dig in and Google and watch a YouTube video. I just don't have a guy like in NASCAR that I know anything about. I know nothing about the sport, but it's, I see NASCAR fans and they're very passionate and I, I just love and respect anything where, where people are just overly passionate and probably more so than they should be. And that's what I want to be with NASCAR, but I need a driver. So I, yeah, I think. So anybody out there listening, if if anyone's listening, um, just just tell me who to be a fan of. Tell me what driver I need to I need to follow.
1: And Chris is like deep into the racing scene. That's his deal. So you should hit him up.
0: I know. If he ever does a decides to do it like a NASCAR episode like podcast, I just want to go. I don't want to obviously contribute because I won't be able to. I just want to go and listen and learn. So Chris, if you're listening, buddy, tell me who I need to be a fan of.
1: I just told you, Bubba Wallace.
0: Okay. Give me a reason why more than the obvious.
1: <laughs> what do you mean the obvious? Is he, is
0: he good? That's like, is he good?
1: I don't know if he's, he's any got good lot or not. He's, no a, he's a
0: stand-up human being. He's a great human being. Is he a good driver? I have no idea.
1: I don't know. Well, the, the So I've heard people talk about the F1 show on Netflix and that made them like super big fans of it. So that's like yeah, I
0: know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. So, yeah, so the, yeah.
1: there you go. That's maybe NASCAR needs I, I, to do something like that. Right. behind just, the scenes. I, I need
0: to just dive in, find a podcast of, uh, and actually the, uh, the Tidal Line girls were saying that on their podcast because they had a mailbag episode, um, and to send in questions. And Steph's, uh, is a big NASCAR fan. So I said the, the same thing to them. Like, how do I get started? And she said, just, you know, just start, you know, watch, you know, watch what you can watch YouTube videos, listen to podcasts, um, that kind of thing. So.
1: Well, Iowa's got a track. Just go hang out with the track.
0: I think they lost uh, – you didn't sign the petition that Chris uh, Williams sent out? Come on, man. Be a team player. Uh, I, I I think NASCAR is not coming to town this year. Coming to Newton. So, the the track's just going to sit there. So, that was a big loss for uh, for Newton, the state of Iowa, in terms of NASCAR. You're, you're not exactly plugged in in NASCAR, I can tell.
1: Well, I know um... – yeah, I, I've never. You know, you can't, know say that I've, can't say that I've, I've watched any races, but I think that's one of those things. My brother-in-law is big, in, not big into it, but he's a fan. He's been to races, so it's probably one of those things. Where, like if you're able to go live, like hockey. You watch a hockey oh, game live, it's fun, great, on TV, it's terrible. That's a great it's point. God, you got two
0: really good takes tonight. That, that's your second really good take is i am to
1: get, get a third going, hockey,
0: and I can't really, uh, can't really get into it, but I've been to live, like hockey games in person, it's an absolute blast. Like, it's nonstop action.
1: Yeah, I went to the last time, the Wild, and when I first moved up here to Minneapolis, I went to a Wild playoff game. It was the first round and they clinched it against the Blues. And like, so the hockey, um, where they play is in St. Paul, at the XO Energy Center. So, like, it's the whole, you know, everything around the stadium, a bunch of bars, you walk to it, and it was, like, a legitimate, like, really good time. Same thing with the um, the soccer. They got MLS here. They got, like, a perfect nice little, like, twenty twenty five thirty thousand 30,000-seat stadium downtown. And, like, that was – it was a fun atmosphere to go yeah, watch, like, a soccer game.
0: I hate to say it, but Minneapolis has so much cool stuff going on. Anytime I go up there, I hate driving there. I don't know why, like, the the – highway system like the exits and stuff to try and get into downtown is an absolute nightmare but it is so much cool stuff going on obviously with all the sports I mean they have every major sport um, but then there's all the all the little breweries and, and you know cool restaurants and stuff they have you know Minneapolis outside of you being there Minneapolis is a really cool place.
1: Okay here we go listen dang Warriors fear that Clay Thompson has an Achilles injury
0: I saw some. T- I saw that on Twitter that day. He had a lower leg injury, and I didn't hear what it was yet. See that? Yeah, they,
1: that sucks. If you tear your Achilles, like, you know you did that because it said they're going to – But they, yeah. I just, You would know. I was pretty aware of it right away.
0: Being the proud uh, owner of a fake Achilles now.
1: It's my Achilles. They just tie it together
0: with, like, a fiber wire. Yeah. <laughs> for all of our listeners out there that I'm sure know what fiber wire is. It's
1: just a really hard, wasn't it just <laughs> like a type? Suture? Yeah, it's like a very, uh, I don't know how to describe it, but. Um,
0: High tensile strength suture.
1: Gosh, that would, man, that's a big blow for them. They were all geared and ready to go after.
0: Because they suck this year without them. And well, Steph missed most of the season too, I suppose.
1: I mean, I probably play Steph like half of the year again and just try to, because what's the point? Need who, to, they,
0: who they draft? Any idea? That's the one thing about the NBA is rookies can, can they can come in and have a, a big impact right away and really change a team. It's harder in football because they're you know such a, a different dynamic team wise. I don't know, man. I hope
1: that's not killing that with you. But got no know, like I know Clay or something, but. <laughs> you just don't want to see that. You feel bad that for any,
0: any athlete that's going through a major injury, you feel bad for her. just because, I mean, you and I have both gone through it and it, it's just – it's such a hard road to get back that you just – you don't wish that upon anybody.
1: Yeah, but that was like
0: uh, – Even Hawkeyes. I don't wish I don't wish injury on Hawkeyes. I wish a lot of things on the on the Hawkeyes. I don't wish injury.
1: Yeah, you don't need to uh... –
0: all right, you, you got anything MRI else? That. That's about all I got on the, on uh, on my list of things here I wanted to talk about.
1: Yeah, I think we're good, man. Hopefully we'll, uh, I mean, this is, again, very similar to the Baylor game in terms of like, and I'll say Kansas State did play Oklahoma State close last week, but um, I just think this is a game where with everything they've had going on this week, they've had a ton of distractions. If we're healthy and we got everybody, everybody in the lineup, which it sounds like we should, just go take care of business. You know, Greece, yep. I think we can, Basically, chalk him up for about a buck fifty. He's going to do his thing, and you know, hopefully, our, our passing game continues to progress and our defense um, stays consistent and, and takes the ball away. And you know, Mike Grills will probably have another like seven impact play. He's awesome.
0: He's so good.
1: He's, yeah, he's he is um,
0: so good. Yeah, I'm is, still waiting uh, for a game where our, uh, our receivers show up and really show out for a game. But I mean, until that happens, hand the ball to twenty eight, throw the ball to our, our three big stud tight ends, and, and play great defense. And that's a pretty yeah. good recipe.
1: Yeah, in my career I was waiting for one of those games too and my whiteout showed up. I had Todd Miller and um that's about it. I okay.
0: Uh, I think we should probably wrap it right there. I'm
1: just kidding. Todd, you Brett's, uh, were a Brett's had a little bit receiver. too much,
0: uh a little bit too much Cody Road tonight. I only have
1: one tonight, one Cody Road on a Wednesday night. So, so. I,
0: we haven't shouted them out for a while. Big huge shout out to uh to the guys at Mississippi River Distilling Company. Um I don't know if you can hear my uh Hear my ice clinking around in my glass. I, I have yet to do a podcast without having that, some Cody Road poured up in a glass. So um, those guys take care of us. Uh, absolutely the the most delicious drink. I, I'm always, I'm I'm a big old fashioned guy, so I drink their bottled old fashioned um, every single episode um, and many nights where we're not recording. Um, so shout out to Mississippi River Distilling Company and, and the, the Did the you Cody say you drink a bottle
1: of old fashioned?
0: Well, sometimes, but I I'm big old-fashioned fan so that's what I always have in my glass normally it's just a glass or two while we're recording not a full bottle but you know if we get deep into things who knows where the night could lead
1: <laughs> Wednesday night all right go Cyclones BK absolutely. State absolutely
0: Absolutely. see you next
1: week. week until then take care